Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, man of action. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, he's got nerves of steel and strength to match. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show here in quarantine, talking about real men with no shirts on fighting each other in the 80s. It's Chuck Norris's Karate Commandos. And this is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanis. I'm Robert Clark Chan. I'm Gina Ippolito. And this is like the 28th time we've tried to start this episode. Yep. <laughs> Don't show them how the sausage is oh, made, uh, right? I mean, kayfabe, kayfabe. Um, <laughs> uh, we are. No, so we're not doing G.I. Joe this week. But, uh, you know, Chan, can you walk us through the process of how we got to this the short-lived five-episode 1986 Ruby Spears jam? Oh, Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Five episodes is too many. <laughs> I got a list and I write things down. Uh, usually I'll just like go through uh, like big lists of like stuff from the 80s and 90s. And when something pops, it pops up. I'll be like, oh, that looks terrible. And Chuck Norris Karate Commandos spelled with a K. Oh, so yeah. We're two thirds of the way to <laughs> to, to where we're KKK. going. Yeah. And poof. Yeah, it's it lived down to every expectation. I I think that this is we've watched a lot of bad stuff. This is bottom three for me. In Whoa! Of, I, I really, really hated it. Guys. I hated it so much. It's so bad for every possible reason it could be bad. Yeah. And I and I think this was one of the I mean, unless I'm forgetting something, this was one of the one of the worst top five worst things we've ever watched. Guys, can I go ahead and give a little confession here? Oh Jesus! No, I kind, I kind no. of enjoyed this. Yeah, you, no, if I'm you not, were not here, surprised. if we were not quarantining, I would punch you. <laughs> well, that's why. I, that's why I have to admit it now, <laughs> and hope you'll forget by the time we meet again. I feel so, like you're just you're just saying that to be a contrarian. There's no not way even at you all. could have liked this. No, Every, you know, it's a right, 1980s action cartoon. No, everything about this fighting. is racist, first of all. Okay, look, there might be a lot of racism <laughs> going on, levels, which we levels. will get into. <laughs> I think this but, is maybe the most racist thing we've watched. Oh, I don't know. I mean, Gene, I don't think you were there for the Scooby-Doo episode in the Chinese restaurant. I uh, do not think I was. But... Shaggy put on buck teeth. <laughs> okay, that that's fair. But this was racist to... I think this was subtly racist. (laughs) Well, every this was racist to every type of Asian. I'll say that. 
I mean, that is definitely the case. Yes. Um, no, I'm pretty I, I sure no, in, impression. in the world of Chuck Norris Karate Commandos, there is only one kind of Asian <laughs> and they're just all in there. Yeah, we got a I mean, samurai. They, we got ninjas. We got uh, sumo, sumo wrestler. wrestlers. Uh, Sumos. Yeah, it, like I, yeah, it is. It is literally every type of Asian, and and not all Japanese either. It's definitely there. <laughs> third place is made from from all all over the place. Like, and and it's weird because it's a cartoon, so they could have done the Burger King Kids Club thing and just had someone from every different race or whatever and for some reason they just stuck with i feel like chuck norris was just like get me all the cartoon asians <laughs> look now i'm just saying right now if you were to put you know nine ten year old ray in front of a tv and put this on i would have been entertained for a good 22 minutes much like i would have been at the rambo cartoon or the robocop cartoon or any of these bad 80s action cartoons i was already brought up on gi joe transformers so essentially, if it was animated, it moved and people fought each other. I was probably on board for it. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on board for it now. Who am I kidding? <laughs> that also badly tracks. But uh, let's continue this intro. This intro doesn't meet your criteria for an intro theme song because it does explain everything. And I sort of got if we could hear a little bit of it, uh, I sort of got to I recognize you. Because I recognize that announcer's voice, I swear to God. Really? Chuck Norris with his team, Pepper. What? Too much. Too much. Timo, the Samurai Warrior. Read Chuck's teenage apprentice. And you can stop it there, Chan. Oh no! Oh no! You started this. I'm gonna keep going. The sinister forces of the Claw. And the ruthless super ninja. S- the ruthless super the ruthless ninja. super ninja. now the reason why i believe i recognize that voice is because he sat in your living room not long ago i am almost 100 percent sure that's neil ross really oh wow great almost 100 percent sure yeah um uh, i've i can now pick out his voice a lot better after we've ta- sat and had a conversation with him um and i'm almost as he's not credited anywhere and they probably wouldn't credit him it's just the announcer but i'm almost 100 percent sure that that is the voice of neil ross all right, I'll, I'll, I'll okay. give that. Which I, makes I it will, great. I will say that this does this does a very eighties thing, uh, uh, which we've seen in other cartoons starring famous people, where they have the they have the intro and then it cuts to live action version of whoever the star is. Yeah, like like I giving mean, a direct to camera, like, "Hey, this is my cartoon. Enjoy." Like I feel like we, I feel like we got Mr. T and something where he did that. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, like I mean Mr. T did it for thing. the Mr. T cartoon. No, it's a very '80s thing to do, especially because they have moral lessons they're trying to give you, and if you have the celebrity giving it, uh, I'm actually just very happy that Chuck Norris actually voiced himself on this TV show because when it started, I was almost 100 percent sure we were going to get like Brad Garrett playing chuck norris in this cartoon so that brought me joy the fact that he did voice his own character tells me even without looking that it only ran five episodes because there was no way you're gonna get chuck norris at that uh time doing all of this business like this uh and as for the intro i kind of wonder because his whole thing in this episode was like you know you shouldn't uh, be violent. 
it's always a last resort and like never, you know, do violence. And then it's 21 minutes of straight violence. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like every episode is probably also going to be the same way because it's not like Chuck Norris is known for watercolors. All he does is punch and kick. So every episode is going to be punching and kicking. And I got to think that the rest of these um, intros are also about how you shouldn't fight. And at some point, someone said, like, really, we're going to do this every week. Him saying don't fight and then him fighting. We got to cancel this thing. (laughs) I will also say that this this whole show to me read like someone said, "Uh, all right, here's here's like a part of a plot but then they fight Ooh, where could they be fighting that would be cool oh how about on ship yeah ship would be cool Ooh, okay uh, uh, and then they fight somewhere else where would be cool uh, 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 what's not a ship a plane yeah plane okay this cool. is <laughs> give me three other locations okay train uh like they they literally just planes trains and automobiles the the same fights basically no, no, this is steven seagal's career the entire thing. Ah, that's true. Where do you, where oh, do you, wow. you want to you want to fight on a train? We got one of those movies. Want to fight on a boat? Got one of those. Where do you want to fight? We've got a movie for that. Yeah, executive decision. He fights point. on a plane. We got this. Yeah. Uh. Uh. Yeah. What's the ship one? Under siege. Under siege. And under siege two. <laughs> under siege three. Guy? Back on the bridge. Is he still alive? He got fat and joined the U.S. Marshals. I knew he got fat. And isn't the U.S. Marshals just didn't they just give it to him because he was like, I want this title, but he's not a real U.S. Marshal. They were just like, here, you're an honorary guy. Here's your badge. I believe so. But also they made a TV show out of it. Kind of a cops type situation. There's actually really fantastic videos you can find on YouTube of Steven Seagal, quote unquote, training police officers in hand to hand combat. And it basically consists of him just lazily like doing a flip for some guy who's like way like over enthusiastically selling it. And then a whole bunch of cops who, you know, deep down are just like F this guy. They're all just like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good flow. We could use that one. Oh, yeah. And it's it's maddening those videos. I highly recommend people check them out. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about the Chuck Norris show, not Steven Seagal, a lesser 80s action star. Uh, also, Chuck- yes. if you're curious, by the end of the uh, uh, theme song, I had already written in my notes in all caps. This is already the worst. So <laughs> just from the theme song, I, it yeah. wasn't uh, I was still I was still hopeful that I wouldn't absolutely detest it at this point. Th- they started with pepper and pepper whatever spunky thing she said i was like oh boy this is not good and then then they go immediately to the short round character of too much too much kids name is too much and i was already out Uh, before they even brought the sumo wrestler and the (laughs) freaking samurai warrior in or the (laughs) super ninja who is just a sad, sad Cobra Commander knockoff. You know, a Super but. Ninja, can I say, has a has a relation to the G.I. Joe Sunbow series. Super Ninja is voiced by Keon Young, who did the voice of Storm Shadow in oh. Sunbow G.I. Joe. Okay, all, all right. right. So it's, a, I, it's a family affair at this point. I wasn't sure. I, I thought I misheard too much, like the first three times that <laughs> they said it. Because I was like, because clearly he's like the short round character, right? Like oh, the kid that's yes. the kid that's always always uh, in danger. And and I was like, they're not. There's no way this this character who is supposed to be just a lot to handle is named too much. Not only that, you know what his catchphrase is? Too much, huh? 
Yeah. I will. I will also say. Did anyone else notice that this intro had so many, so many cars crashing into things? It was just like forty seconds of just a car crashing into a thing, a different car crashing into a different thing. It was very hard to get a read on what this show would actually be because it seemed like it was just cars it crashing into. Seems things. very clear what it was. I actually I didn't even notice the cars crashing into it because it was like you know like a Clockwork Orange when Malcolm McDowell has his eyes open and he's got like fifty screens at the same time. I was trying to take in every single character and like imprint them into my head, and there were just so many and there was so much exposition that they were trying to do that I just. I didn't even notice a single car crash in the opener. I was so worried about memorizing the sumo wrestler. Oh God. Uh. I, yeah. I, I, I think I blacked out when every, after the characters were introduced, I, I blacked out on all of their names and who they were and what their things were, because I was just so angry that they were on screen. <laughs> I will say this. Yes. I will give them this. Tabe is voiced by Robert Ito. Super Ninja is voiced by Keon Young. Okay. And that is two Asians. Yeah. That's okay. two more Asians That's than you would usually find on a show like this. So, I mean, yeah. cool. Yeah, so they used Asians to voice Asians. That's good. Uh, not for chemo or too much. Uh, I'm not too clear what Claw's deal is, so I'm not going to uh, uh, speculate that, you know, whatever. But Is the is the woman <sighs> the, only, the only non-Asian one other than Chuck Norris? Uh, no, sh- her brother is uh, oh, yeah. uh, Chuck's apprentice. I'm gonna put apprentice in quotes. Oh, that made me uncomfortable. <laughs> Clearly, he's Not grooming him for yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, because yeah, he's yeah, gay. Yeah. I don't. I didn't. I didn't get what he why he was wearing that. Like whatever. I mean, he was it's not wearing. so much that he's gay; it's just that he's a pedophile. And you <laughs> yeah, could be a pedophile. It's, be gay it's very, like, it's very, very upsetting. It's it's sort of like the people had a problem with Robin. You know, just being like, why is this young guy in this like grown man's house? And he does. They're not related, and he just like invites him in. It's kind of like that vibe, at least for me. As soon as he said, "And my <clears throat> apprentice," I'm like, "Oh no!" And no, here's no, the no, thing: no, no, no. like an apprentice, it's a thing. Like Chuck Norris legitimately opened uh, uh, a school uh, for his uh, martial arts style, so you know you can have someone who does like uh, you know your scut work and what like that. Except that uh, in Wikipedia. Reed, this character, is Chuck's young apprentice, and also too much is Chuck's young ward. One apprentice is, Uh-oh. you know, is a maybe. Two, definitely a harem. Now you got a menagerie working. That's not yep. good. That's mm-hmm. not good. Yeah. Now, question is, is that um too much character? Is he good at fighting? Because I couldn't figure it out. He fought a ninja and beat his ass and then got immediately captured and was helpless the rest of the episode. And I'm just very confused at the power level of that particular character. Uh, yeah, I can't help you. I don't know. So let's go ahead and move forward here. So we move on to, uh, Gina, your favorite two words to appear in this episode, laser robot. I I started counting 12 minutes in, which at that point it had happened. They had said the two words laser robot so many times that I was like, I should really have been counting this. And even from the time that I started counting, it was like 11. Like they were averaging <laughs> one a minute of the term laser robots, which I noticed they did with other things, too. But yeah, this show hates pronouns. I'm going to say that right now. Hates I them. Mean, they just it, it's almost like they were paying the voice actors by by every different word they said. So they gave them <laughs> 10 words that they were allowed to say and they had to stick to those. If we give them uh, green eggs and ham, we only got to pay them 20 bucks. Yeah, I it's it's I 
I also was right off. So right off the bat, like I, I hate everything about this because of the weird racist stereotypes that I'm not quite sure what's going on. And then we're introduced to the villain who's like a Dr. Claw ripoff from Inspector yeah, Gadget. The, I didn't understand this. He was his name is the Claw and he is the henchman of the overall monster evil guy whose name I didn't even get because who cares? I will uh, say, to be fair, yes. um, Dr. Claw, every, everybody with the scary metal hand is a ripoff of the character of Dr. Han from Enter the Dragon. So at least we're not ripping off um, uh, Inspector Gadget, which is which is really bottom of the barrel. We're just ripping but, off a 70s classic. Which is- yeah, but but. I will, but like, change the name a little bit. Don't call him Claw when there's another popular cartoon out around the same time when the main villain, who, by the way, sits in a chair most of the time and yeah. talks into a TV monitor, just like Claw did in this, his name is Dr. Claw. Like, there there were obviously no one in that room Gina. said, hey, maybe we should change this a little Gina, if someone's got a claw, you call them claw. It's fair. Just like we call you Titty McNiblins for <laughs> obvious reasons. <laughs> just I'm, and self-inflicted reasons, it should point out to the audience at home. <laughs> no, it's the same way if you have if you have a group of kids like the Burger King Kids Club <laughs> and you have a kid in a wheelchair, yeah, what is his name? Got, you've got to call him Wheels. Gotta call him Wheels. That's his only name. There are no other options here. And he's also really good at basketball. That is a guarantee. So can I ask a, a probably stupid question? Why are none of these men wearing shirts in their See, everyday lives? That's a good question. It's a Very great good question. question. Now, I would argue uh, because that's my answer. Um, why right why does the sumo warrior, why is his weapon symbols? I, I at some point, I don't know. what the hell are these weapons? Because they're not even like whatever Chuck Norris is holding. Okay, I want to talk about that. But also, can I just say I wrote down Terror Train and underlined it and don't have any idea what that means? It's the name of the episode. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and Because you see, there's a train <laughs> and there's terror upon it. Got it, got it. Uh, uh, but follow up to my shirt question. Yes, please. <laughs> I have I have a lot of questions. I'm here uh, I also you. I Good also have in all caps uh, multiple times why sumo guy naked and then why is Norris also naked? Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's you it's know why solid... you know why Chuck Norris is naked? Solidarity. That's I why. Mean, here's here's the thing: if he was the only one that was naked, I would be like, okay, I I buy this. But it's weird. It's like it's like if you want to be on his team, you have to agree to go naked. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you become his ward. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like I feel like the interview process was like, okay, what's your what's your specialty? You're definitely Asian, right? I'm gonna have you not in a shirt. Are you cool with this? Or even even a a, a sumo wrestler wears a mawashi. That was not a mawashi. That was a gray diaper that that poor sumo guy was wearing. <laughs> I did also, I did notice it just looked like a diaper. <laughs> They have clothes. They, in fact, have like kimonos that, that are specially sewn for them. You could have had them wearing that instead of just walking around with your, with your ass hanging out. Guys, I'm- I don't know what you're talking about right now. I didn't notice anything weird with his outfit. <laughs> I feel like the. Are you wearing the- a shirt right now, Ray? Oh, God. No. Mm. Oh, God. As, I thought I could get away with it. Pants. No one would ask me. I'm not wearing pants either. We can, he- we can hear that. <laughs> oh, okay. You can hear it. I'll stop. I'll stop shifting in my chair then. <laughs> We 
just hear a, a squishy rip every time? <laughs> Uh, well, so, welcome back to the last episode of Knowing It's Half the Podcast. <laughs> All right. I have another question. Yes, please. We haven't even gotten to literally the first minute of this episode. No, no, I know. So no, this, this involves the first minute. There's so, a lot to talk about. So Chuck Norris and his gang of shirtless Asians are, are called to a ship for something for question mark and then i don't the- think they're even i don't think they're even invited i think they just land on the ship and say we're chuck norris's commander no no no, no, no. they're 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 called there oh they're chuck called norris, there i miss chuck, chuck norris is such a badass that uh, they uh the leaders of this uh unnamed asian country you know it's asian because there are junks in the bay uh they yep, yep. they the military leaders call him there to show off their laser robot that's it <laughs> That was it's wild. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my question. So okay, to immediately followed by another question. So he's yeah. they're call, he's Chuck Norris is called to this ship where they're basically like, "Yo, Chuck, check us out. We've got a laser robot." And then they immediately blow up a ship as an exercise, which is grossly expensive, by the way. They destroy an entire ship, no even telling if there were people on that ship or if they even <laughs> knew who that ship was. I mean, they just was- like, Chuck, check this out. <laughs> Boom. It was clearly set up as an exercise, but that's a that's a, 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 g- like a gross like misuse of funds for this country. And then and then my immediate follow up. So my first question is why? My immediate follow up is as soon as Chuck Norris lands on this boat with his gang, the bad guy is like, "Okay, go now, go now, oh, now great, get go. the now get the laser robot." Instead yeah. of. 20 minutes earlier when Chuck Norris wasn't there or last week or a day from now when he won't be there. <laughs> now, to be fair, uh, Ozymandias from Watchmen is not the leader of this evil organization or Chuck Norris shows up and he says, where's the laser robot? We did it 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't. It's so contrived. Everything about this is so, I don't know. I love it. I, I'm I love it. No, what, what I love about this is if you really break down this, this show, they already know the laser robot works. That's why they're transporting it. That's why they're showing it to Chuck Norris. They have literally spent, how expensive is one of those ships? They have spent that much money plus cleanup afterwards just to impress Chuck Norris, <laughs> which, which is amazing. To be fair. Uh, the feats that he accomplishes in this oh, episode of the cartoon, great. I very much think that the whole Chuck Norris meme about Chuck Norris can, you know, uh, punch uh-huh. the devil yep. or whatever yep, yep. Uh, started from this because <laughs> he is so OP. It's insane. You mean like when he grabs onto a plane that's taking off and then flying oh, and then just yeah. get there. <laughs> I made a joke about like, haha, suck it, Ethan Hunt. And then I'm like, what? No, they're still going. They're still flying and he's still hanging on the plane. They're still what heightening. Is, what is even happening? He's like tearing off a chunk of the plane to get in. What? Ugh. I, so, okay. I, ha- I hated it. I hated everything about it. So uh, the bad guys come on the ship. Uh, and then there's a big fight that takes place, and the bad guys get routed. However, one bad guy like survives, I guess. Hold up, hold he, up, hold he, up, hold yes, up, because yes. we gotta we gotta talk about the fight, or at the very least. Oh yes. <laughs> a young, a uh, young Matt Damon, um, before he got into uh, math. How did I? 
I mi- I must have missed that. No, he uh, he shouts, how how do you like them apples? Which, you know, if, if you don't know you're in an 80s action movie or TV show, that will that will tell you immediately. And then, and then like, he immediately gets kidnapped, right? Straight up immediately gets kidnapped by the one surviving ninja. So one surviving ninja grabs the kid. Hold says, up. We haven't even talked kid. about we haven't even talked about the trained assassin who whips out nunchucks. You don't whip out nunchucks unless you know how to use them. If you're on a boat trying to steal a goddamn laser robot and Pepper, the 13 year old girl, just grabs him. She grabs him from behind his back and pulls them away. And and he has struggle overpowering a 13 year old girl who's holding the other end of the nunchucks. So she lets go of the nunchucks and he flies and he's thrown overboard the ship. Wait, that woman looks like she's 30. She does look like she's 30. I didn't even know she was 13. Uh, Is this Jennifer Garner? No, is this we, Jennifer Garner 13 going on 30? I feel like that's an adult woman. But also, can I just say that like this this kid, the, the his gang is like presented as if it's like the most badass gang ever. It's like, okay, we've got a sumo guy, we've got a ninja guy, we've got this kid who's also a badass, we've got this woman who like I don't know, she's smart or something. But <sighs> this kid sm- is dead weight. Like this That's kid's, what I'm confused about. This kid sucks in every possible way, so I don't understand why he's part of the gang. If it were a couple years later, he would have been the computer kid. The oh, uh, okay. uh, yeah, the child prodigy who can tick a tick a tick and like, ah, I found out where the bad guys are. Yeah, that's, what confused that's me the is thing is the- he. Yeah, go go I ahead. We're going to say the same I, thing, I bet. No, I said before, but like the first person who gets their ass kicked is kicked by that kid. So he like dropped, he like does a backflip kick or something on the first person and gets yeah. the win and then just is useless. I mean, like Yeah, I was confused. I think one I think one of the many many problems with this episode is that there's no there's no delineation between what role these characters fulfill. Right. Which, which I realize is a very like Ocean's Eleven-y way to look at it, where it's like, this is our tech expert. This is our, but there's a reason, especially that cartoons do that. And it's because it's easy to differentiate, okay, this is what this person is bringing to the team. But it literally just seems like all of them are good at fighting. And then all of a sudden the kid isn't. And then everyone's worried about him. And I'm like, what yes. the hell? Why is this kid here? Because in Gina. a second, he's also going to, He's also tactically an idiot because he Gina. sees Chuck Norris on the plane and Gina. goes, hey, Gina. it's Chuck Norris. Look, bad guy. There's Chuck Norris. Gina. <laughs> yes. I'm going to make this very clear for you, and you're not going to want to hear it. I don't know that anybody's going to want to hear this, but the reason why too much is there is because he's a little Asian fuck toy for Chuck Norris. <laughs> Now look, oh, Reed no. is oh, the slightly older hear white fuck toy, but too much is the little Asian one. All right, and you can wa- you can watch the entire episode and and run it through that prism and see if it checks out. And I assure you, on every level, it checks out. But here's the thing: why does least- Chuck Norris <laughs> climb on a flying plane? Tear a hole in it and jump inside if not to protect his underage, air quotes, ward. No, right. it's because he doesn't want him to testify in court. Uh, <laughs> if he didn't want him to testify in court, he would let the bad guys take him to Mount Fuji and murder him. <laughs> no, I bet those bad guys were trying to deliver him to the DA. 
All right. Okay. I, I, I'll hear this. I'll hear this line of so wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you're saying the bad guys are actually some sort of anti like <laughs> yeah. anti sting operation for human trafficking. That's what I'm hearing yeah, you say yeah. right now. This is a very classic. Oh, you thought they were the bad guys, but they're really the good guys. This is an episode of Law and Order SVU, you guys. No, no, no. Ding, you know ding. how you know how in Ghostbusters in '84, uh, the EPA were the bad guys in the '80s. The sex crime uh, 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 cops were the bad guys. They're like, oh, come on. You're not going to let this this dude have his fun with a little 12-year-old boy? What's wrong with you? It's the 80s. This is a totally normal thing. You know, he pays his taxes. He's earned it. Here's, here's what is going to happen because we're doing this podcast episode. I, I was once in an acting class. This was when I used to act. Uh, with a woman who was a puppet- puppeteer on Captain EO. Oh, uh, yeah. Because she was an amateur puppeteer and every and Captain EO was being made at the same time that the Muppet movie, that one of the Muppet movies was being made. So all the professional puppeteers were on that and Captain EO had to get sort of the second tier. So she was one of the puppeteers on Captain EO. <laughs> and she... I mean, it's a weird flex, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she, and there was like a little boy that was starring in it or that was in it or was just hanging around with Michael Jackson. And she used to joke around to friends like, oh, I wonder what they're doing alone in their trailer all the time. And then one day, like 12 years later, <laughs> the, like the FBI knocked on her door and they were like, hey, we heard you were telling people 12 years ago that you knew something about Michael Jackson. <laughs> and now we're bringing charges against her, him. And she was like, holy crap, just because I sort of casually talked about kitty rape, now the FBI wants to know what I know. So 12 years from now, when Chuck Norris is busted <laughs> kitty rape, they're going to listen to this podcast and knock on our door and ask us what we know. Oh, I guarantee we're on the FBI's uh, radar right now. I guarantee that. For for wrongs we've done or for our insights into oh, no. the minds of they're, criminals they're just preparing a case that's all they're doing <laughs> what are we profilers now what the um okay i'm gonna get out of the opening scene of this show if it kills me we're a 30 minute mark right now we're just about so okay so uh the kid gets taken on a jet ski and my favorite line of the entire episode happens because chuck norris on his own chases after the guy on the jet ski they get to land so the guy and the kid end up in a jeep and they just drive off so chuck norris grabs a motorcycle from two rando guys on the street and Chan, please tell me you've got this queued up because I want to hear it again. That's my bike. Sorry, guys. This is an emergency. I'm Chuck Norris. Contact me through the American Embassy. I mean, (laughs) I'm Chuck Norris. I'm Chuck Norris. And because you also, should know that. <laughs> also, did you hear the the um the kit ripoff music, the Knight Rider ripoff oh, yeah. music that they tried to squeeze in there? By the way, oh, it's sexy. It's sexy. <laughs> and oh, of okay, course, so now, so now afterwards, have, go ahead. Afterwards, the uh, they say, "Ugh, Americans." <laughs> and in any other show, I would have been like, "Solid burn." A uh, poor third world country POC. In this one, not so much. 
I actually want to write a sketch now for when we do Knowing is Half the Podcast Live and we perform it. And uh-huh. it's a sketch of those two people, those two guys going to the American embassy <laughs> to try to get their motorcycle returned yeah. from Chuck Norris. Because that's hilarious to me. It's just, just all, the, like, all just, the red tape that they have to go through and they keep just, repeating the story to people. And they're like, wait, okay, so what happened? So, and they're so like, Chuck oh, Chuck Norris, Norris said, and the American embassy is like, and wait, why would you think that that would be okay? He robbed you. He don't, Why you is that just, our problem? Yeah, like you can't just rob someone and then come to the American embassy. That's not how this works. Well, but he told me to go to the American embassy <laughs> to get my motorcycle back. Um, I'm so, just saying when we when we do the live show someday, uh, I mean, I hear the pack theaters open right now. G.I. <laughs> <laughs> Joe will return after these messages. Joe's going to turn back. Cobra attacks. Going into action with action packs. Motorized action packs for fighting in close and going where vehicles can't. Cobra's hiding on that hill. The rope walker, radar station, anti-aircraft gun, and helicopter. Here comes Cobra with the counterattack. Battling Joe with Cobra action packs. Rope crosser, borer, mountain climber, and pom-pom gun. Cobra! Yo, Joe! G.I. Joe! Live the adventure of G.I. Joe. Action packs and figures sold separately. Yo, Joe! Back to G.I. Joe. So just to recap, we started on a boat, went to a jet ski, went to a Jeep, went to a motorcycle. We're about two minutes in and we've heard the term (laughs) laser robot 8,000 times. And Chan, it's your favorite part of the episode because we're going to the plane because the motorcycle goes into the airplane and Chuck and you figure it's over. The guy's going to fly away. No, Chuck Norris takes his motorcycle, jumps on the wing of the plane. And the plane takes off. Again, you think, okay, we're done here. No. <laughs> Chuck Norris crawls on top of the plane while it's in flight. The bad guy big... sees him and was like, I'll shake oh, him off. I'll like shake him do. off. Okay, like wait, wait, wait. The bad guy did not see him. Child idiot sees oh, him. Correct, correct. And screams, Chuck Norris. And then the bad guy's like, oh, okay. We'll see. Like, wait until he's inside the plane to say, now you're going to get it, wise guy. Yeah, like, I, if I'm that guy, I backhand that kid right there and be like, why are you talking to me like that? You yeah. you have no power in this situation. Yeah, and, and the guy is like, I have a plane. He just has his hands on the outside of a, uh, an airplane. Well, he's got Chuck Norris's hands. I, what uh, I'm saying is I hope that this kid dies. <laughs> so Chuck Norris rips the top off the plane and drops inside. And the guy's like, oh, I'm going to fight Chuck Norris. And he's like, no, I'm not. He grabs a parachute and he says, I'm out of here, suckers. No, I'm sorry. He doesn't grab a parachute. He drives the Jeep through the back of the plane, exploding the back of the plane. He doesn't even lower a ramp or anything. He just drives it through the wall. What aluminum foil is this plane made of (laughs) that people can just tear holes in it whenever they feel like it? It's a, so my favorite part is, okay, again, he he drops out the back of the plane, literally, with a parachute on the Jeep, with the kid. And you go, okay, obviously we're done. Chuck Norris has to deal with this plane. No! Chuck nope. Norris jumps out of the plane with no parachute, and <laughs> he lands on top of the Jeep. <laughs> a, and then let's make a quick reminder that there is now an unpiloted plane oh, that's that going is just going to go oh. crashing into a village somewhere. Oh, oh yeah. Those people are effed. He's, it's yeah. actually the village of the guys he just robbed. 
Uh, I see. That makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. And also, I feel like to anyone listening to this, we're we're making it sound awesome. Like we, like the, the way we're awesome. describing it, it sounds awesome. But I assure you, none of this is even mildly awesome. And if you can't make Chuck Norris jumping out of a plane without an air without a, a parachute onto the hood of a Jeep, awesome, you're doing some real bad work. So, okay, so Chuck Norris is on the Jeep right now, and he's fighting and what have you. Okay, great. So the guy, the ninja guy, now has a separate parachute of his own. He goes, fine, uh, uh, you deal with this on your own, Chuck Norris. I'm out of here. He jumps off of the Jeep with his own parachute uh, 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 and he, with the kid. He has the kid, right? Yeah. And yep. so, no, he doesn't. Okay. Yeah, and so. He okay, so he jumps out with his own parachute. So again, you assume we're done here, and Chuck Norris has to deal with this parachute because the guy like throws a ninja star or something and hits one of the tethers. So now the the jeep is just dropping through the air. No, we're not done. <laughs> Chuck Norris jumps off the jeep and lands on the guy <laughs> who's parachuting down and puts him in a chokehold. Then grabs the kid who latches onto his neck. Yes. Guys, I'm just saying this show is out of control and I am here for it. <laughs> Again, and then he interrogates him awesome. in midair. He interrogates him in midair. Who are you working for? <laughs> yeah. What a sequence. Hollywood, this is a $150 million sequence. They did for Ruby Spears in 1986 for like $3.75. Like, that's amazing. That is amazing. Oh, I hate everything about it. Oh. So now we get who I swore to God was Destro. Because I thought it was Arthur Burkhardt. It's not. Uh, and then I thought, oh, okay, it's James Avery. Because he's also part of this show. He does the voice of Shredder, of course. And uh, uh, is uh, uh, Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, RIP. No, it's not him either. It's a third guy uh, who plays uh, uh, all those other parts that those two apparently just turned down uh, and worked quite a bit. He's fine. And he, he, he what, the deal with Claw that really messes me up is the fact that he's got this weird reverse Cyclops from the X-Men ability. And that if he takes off his glasses, his eyes just hurt really bad. Yeah, which was a very weird and unnecessary thing in this entire episode. I, I don't. I don't know what the motivation for even putting it in was. And it's so half-assed. Yeah. It's it's well, literally like they had a roulette wheel of like, okay, every episode, because you know how in James Bond, the villain always has one weird thing about him. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna just spin a wheel and every every slot is like, oh, he his his eyes are sensitive without his sunglasses on, and and like, oh, he gets real gassy if he eats dairy. <laughs> He's lactose intolerance. I mean, that's my superpower. So, <laughs> don't knock it. well, that's what I don't understand is the bad the a mastermind bad guy says you've been bad. Take off your glasses, and Claw's like, no, please don't. He takes off his glasses, and then like. The bad guy like shines a light at his camera. Turns a light, <laughs> Jesus! And the guy's like, "I'm all, all the pain. It's too much. It's, it's like really, yeah. You could have turned down the brightness on your own monitor, dude. I'm just saying. Yeah, and hack. then and then just pretended. It's it's honestly like I would not have been less just unimpressed if the vil if the main villain guy had said, "Oh, now you're gonna get the squirt bottle. You were bad." <laughs> Like, and then the, his screen like squirted out a little bit of water at him. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, oh, I, oh, I hate being wet." Do you have one of those for your cats yet, Gina? 
I, I mean, oh. I've had one for years, but I, I rarely, I rarely, if ever, use it. It's not a good training technique. <laughs> I'm just saying, if the if the way to get around your weakness is iPhone's night mode, maybe it's not the most <laughs> impressive weakness you can have. Also, I feel like it would be really like if you're ever if you're ever applying to be in this bad guy's gang. He clearly asked them, okay, what's your weakness so I could punish you with it later? And I feel like this guy probably said like, uh, oh, oh, it really, it really hurts real bad if you shine a light at my face. That's my, that's my weakness. Yeah, yeah, it is. You think he's he's faking it? Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. And this was uh, before uh, anybody like really uh, understood that like, if you smoke a lot of weed, your eyes are going to be red. So... Probably this guy is just a stoner, and he's like, "Oh, you've got red eyes, huh? Okay, well, I'll buy that you have uh, you're a sensitive delight. Uh, here it is. Uh. Here's the flashlight. Kneel uh, <laughs> before my power." I will say that like everything about this was everything about this cartoon was was terrible, but also even the stuff that could have been cool was very underwhelming. Like Claw sounds cool, and then you see him, and there's nothing cool he's about not cool him at model. all. No, like he's nothing. just an average looking. I want to say white guy or like Russian or whatever the hell he's supposed to be. But I was like, oh, they didn't even like, you know, even like give him a a ferret or a cat or something like give him something. Claw, Gina. (laughs) How often how many times do we actually see this claw, though? He's average other than he's got a claw that he usually keeps out of frame. (laughs) It's true. They never show the claw. It's it's implied claws here. Didn't Goldfinger just have a cat? Like, and that's it? I think so, yeah. Uh, yeah, but when he killed people, he did it in sure. a cool way. Yeah. Guys, we're finally going to get to the actual, like, meat and potatoes plot of this episode at the near 40-minute mark of our episode. So I'm going to try to keep this train a-moving. Speaking of which, we're on a train now. Uh, the heroes have taken the, the train, and this is a completely unnecessary scene where... Uh, Are we not make- going to talk about the the villain's plan? Claw's plan? Like you want to talk about this, Chan? You want to break this down for us? Depend on. Where is the laser robot? I haven't been able to get it yet. My plans for a frontal attack on Tokyo. My plans for a frontal attack on Tokyo? Yeah, what's the problem? (laughs) First off, where's the front of Tokyo? The side Godzilla usually hits. Also, when did this plan happen? Why? What do you hope to? How do you? Who he needs one laser robot to assault Tokyo. <laughs> what about this? Who, don't you understand, Chan? Who attacks cities? <laughs> what are you hoping to accomplish here? Why? Why any of this? Their infrastructure will be ruined. <laughs> to what end? The, the damage I'm, to the economy will last generations. Is it just like the, in the 80s, people just knew Godzilla attacked cities? So they were like, all right, put this in a cartoon. He, well, no, this is a bad guy of uh, of the Cobra ilk. So, it, you know, it's usually for money or they want to take over the world or whatever like that. But like to- Tokyo? <laughs> to- I could, you're going to right now. It's where his ex-girlfriend lives. <laughs> All right. You know what? I'll buy that. That makes yeah. total sense. She to lives me. in Tokyo. He's obsessed. You know, social media stalking isn't a thing yet. So he's. I'm just going to attack Tokyo. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Frontal assault on Tokyo. She lives in Akihabara. She'll see me and be like, oh, my God, I, I, I dumped it before because, you know, 
like he kept farting in bed. But now, ooh, what a <laughs> oh, man. Because he's lactose intolerant. Yeah, it's all yeah. coming together. <laughs> oh, but I, I dumped him before he had a laser robot. I'm back on board now. Yeah, yeah. Commonly heard phrase in the 80s, I would say. More often than not, I find that uh, I chalked my uh, love woes up to not having a laser robot. And you know what? You can't prove me wrong. Yeah, I honestly, I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, this holds up. Uh, now we have our train fight where ninjas carve holes because every piece of metal is worth nothing. They are just we cut going, holes. Are we what going are we, to talk you, about the fact yes. that Chuck Norris is on the back of this ninja? There's another little boy, a uh, little fuck toy on the back of him, and they're all parachuting down after jumping off a jeep parachute, uh, which yeah. had been thrown out of, was driven out of the plane that was flying God knows where. And somehow they managed to land that yeah. uh, agglomeration of humanity on the very train where everybody else is. Now, listen, now, I, I forgot to mention, this is a continuation of the earlier scene where he has now since interrogated the guy and apparently thrown him to his death. They are still dropping in the parachute. They land and catch up with everybody else on the train. And instead of just drop down and come through the door, they literally go to the window and hang upside down where the people, their friends are and say, open the window of this train and let us in. And we can now talk about how the sumo guy... <laughs> A, still naked. B, not hungry. He's missing his little fuck toy. Oh, that's true. And and then they pop in and it's like, all right, now I can eat some cake. I, oh, this he eats all the cake. Wait, so this kid is everyone's fuck toy? I, explain, to to me, explain to me why uh, the sumo guy would have a, uh, a reaction like that, if not. Oh, no. I mean... I, I I guess it tracks. I just feel like the sumo guy is is not. He's supposed to be like the dumb one, right? Like he's like yeah. the dumb. He's the one with feelings. What a dummy! No, he's like the dumb slow one that every cartoon has. The, so you're like, saying that dumb people don't have sexual urges? <laughs> is that what you're saying, Gina? You're saying that dumb people can't uh, uh, have pedophilic tendencies. Is that I'm what saying, you're saying? He's, he's the one that like he misses the kid like he misses he would miss a stuffed animal. <laughs> so he's the Lenny of the groups, which is Yeah, saying. exactly. Okay. No, no, no. I'll buy that. That 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 fits. I'll let that one go. Okay, well, I got to push the story forward because we're not even like halfway through the episode yet. <laughs> so there's the big fight on the train. And uh, Super Ninja actually crawls on the bottom and puts a bomb on the train, which is very exciting. And then uh, the ninjas all run away. Great. So then the bad guy says, hey, everybody, we put a bomb on the train. So give us the ninja or the uh, the laser robot and, uh, and or we're going to blow up the train whenever we feel like it. I was like, OK, cool. So then Chuck Norris says, I guess we have to give up. We have no proof of this bomb existing, but he said it so he can be he can be trusted. So they end up giving up, at which point he says, now you're going to let everybody free. And the bad guy says, well, no, we're going to leave the bomb. We're going to let the train keep going, apparently. And we're going to capture all of you and throw you in our dungeon, which we just happen to have nearby, which then gets flooded with water and a giant snake. And you guys, what part of this sequence do you want to talk about? Hey, (laughs) are we just going to skip over the fact that they invented speed years before Keanu Reeves came along? If the train slows down or stops, the bomb will go off. Yep. That I is like why it. the train keeps going. Uh, and also, this is where Snowpiercer came from. 
100% guaranteed. Wow. Watch this episode of Karate Commandos. Was like, I got an idea. I'm going to take this to this. I'm going to make a live action version of this episode of Chuck Norris Karate Commandos and maybe win an Oscar. You'd have to, you'd have to wait until uh, Parasite, but you know, like he, it was a stepping stone. I mean, Parasite's basically a sequel to Snowpiercer anyway. So basically, basically. So, so guys, we, we we're, we're trapped in the water and a snake coils around Chuck Norris and our heroes. Okay. Okay. Our hero, our heroes grab the snake, uh, kill it. I guess stun it. The snake, they throw up into a, a grate at the top of the thing and they send the kid to climb up the snake to, <laughs> Which is now the, rigid and climbable snake, and, and doesn't the, snap in half. The snake has bitten onto the bars. Yeah. And is holding yeah. the weight of a human being. Carry yeah. But and the, the kid grabs okay. it. The snake is not okay. It's not in the slightest. In no the way. The snake is fine. Chuck the Norris cried on him later. He's fine. He, he, he healed. Uh, so then they 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 escape from it that way, and they kind of pull a chain that's nearby to pull. I don't give a shit. Uh, okay, so uh, okay, now uh, they capture uh, Claw, great, and uh, all the bad guys start shooting what appear to be airsoft guns at our heroes, uh-huh. which is bizarre because they're driving away in a truck now, and the truck gets shot and blown up, uh, which is cool. And so then they like rip pieces off the truck and turn them into impromptu sleds so that they can now s- snowboard and sled down the mountains of the Himalayas where we now are. I'm- yeah, but also, yeah. but I think, I think that's true. Everything about it is, is a, a, as insane as it sounds, but not in an awesome way. And then, <laughs> and then the animation for this part is so fucking terrible because it's literally just like them being pulled down a mountain with no it's basically like a background with the characters on it and then they pulled the characters it's hard to explain how terrible the animation is here but in addition they're like blowing up bombs and shooting bombs and things at them on this snowy on this snowy mountain and nothing full-on tanks going down the snow and nothing is disturbed because because the animation sucks you don't want to pay for that so so nothing is like normally you shoot at snow with a bunch of bombs shit's gonna happen and literally fly in the air for example (laughs) yeah and literally nothing happens they basically shoot things and the fire lasers that they're shooting or whatever hit the snow and disappear and leave no impact on it it's like they're taken from two separate cartoons and it's about 14 or 15 missiles that hit within three feet of each of these sleds to no effect whatsoever these guys got to check their gear before the next battle because that did not work at all uh at which point pepper shows up in a pink corvette or something and she ends up making the save um uh, and and then her car goes off the cliff after everybody gets in the car. Don't, don't skip over the part where we find out uh where too much got his name from. It's his battle cry. Too much. Like he says that <laughs> yeah. in no. It as just a totally reminds it thing. Le- legitimately just reminds me of uh 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 Carolyn, what's her name from Bojack Horseman? Oh, Princess Carolyn? 
No, no, like the the little girl who's the one who dies. Yeah, spoiler oh. alert. Spoiler alert. But like, cause cause her catchphrase was "That's too much, man." Oh, uh, okay. I like and it. So, every, so I was like, "What is this? Just a thing that adults think kids say?" <laughs> In the eighties, they did. To be fair, I guess you've so. seen Full House. Uh, the yeah, Olsen twins I, yeah, were all about it. That's true. Uh, and yeah, then there's the part where. Uh, I wrote shuriken pretzels in my notes because yes, I couldn't yeah. quite tell what it was they were throwing at them, but you know, uh, it took down a tank, I believe. Then they uh, they press a button on their Corvette, which pops out spinning blades out of a out of a. Uh, oh a yeah, oh, right, right. And then they drive through a forest and cut down all the trees to block the enemies. But then they don't look where they're going, and they fly off a cliff and land in a barn. <laughs> And everybody's totally all right, even though They're that fine. cliff, that cliff was at least 60 or 100 feet up. Oh, it was like eight stories high. Yeah. it's What I love about it is they go, oh, no. Oh, they have the laser robot again. They just kind of picked it up along the way. <sighs> and so they're like, laser where do we go? Oh, no worries. They, this show heightens like no show I've ever seen before because they say, no worries. We crashed in this barn. There's an airplane in the barn. We're now going to fly this airplane. A completely random ass airplane. And because Peppa says, I need two minutes. I'll get this plane going. I'm like, you go, girl. Yeah, at least I was glad that we saw her thing. What whatever her Ocean's Eleven thing is, it's it's that she's apparently the brains of it, I guess. Unfortunately, it comes with this addendum. Um. Give me about two minutes. All it needs is a woman's touch. <laughs> I, again, in a better cartoon, I'd be like, ha that's pretty fun. <laughs> in this cartoon, I'm like, what, what even is happening here? You know, you is know this, what's not is getting a woman's Chuck, touch? Chuck Norris's version of feminism? Is that what yeah. this is? Yeah, this, it totally is. None of these heroes are getting a woman's touch. I can promise you that. <laughs> I see what you did there. And yeah. I see how much you struggled to get it in. <laughs> And I needed it. I needed that one, Chan. That one was for me. That's for you. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So they're going back to the train because now they have to solve the problem of the train bomb, which, you know, I'd already forgotten about at this point, but it's still a thing. So they, there's, they, 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 they drive next to the train and they shoot like a, a a grappling hook or something. And then they, there's a (sighs) tightrope. And so Chuck Norris is going to walk the tightrope up to the train. But then he finds Super Ninja also walking the tightrope conveniently enough. And they have a fight. And there Chuck Norris wins. But a, Super Ninja doesn't really lose. There's a tightrope between the train and a Corvette. Correct. <laughs> that is stable enough that two people, one of them who has giant metal claws sticking out of his feet, can balance on Correct. and fight. Okay, I don't know what your problem is. I just figured out. I just figured out everything we need to know about this cartoon. What happened was the whoever made this cartoon put a bunch of seven year old boys in a room and and said, "Hey, what's cool?" And the kids were like, "Oh, ninjas! Oh, when when cars crash! Oh, trains! Trains are cool! Yeah, planes! Planes are cool!" And then they said, "Great." Just put all those words into a script generator and see what comes out. And then and then we'll hire some guy we found on the street to animate it. I, I honestly believe the storyboard came from this is actually like written to be like a 60 minute episode. And then they just cut out every single picture that was fucking boring. So, 
<laughs> so you just you just end up with fighting on a plane. Now we're parachuting and jumping out of a plane, and now we're jumping on a guy in a parachute. And there was a whole lot of interstitial stuff between that, yeah, but it all just got yeah. cut out. And just went action, 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 go. And with, I'm I yeah. love it. With the, the more we talk about this show, lines. <laughs> the more I love this show. Oh, this, I I'm going to see all five episodes if I could ever get them to load on my computer. Boo. Inside joke. Boo, Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, uh, Chuck wins this fight, and he ends up landing on the train, directed by literally no one, because he shouldn't know where the bomb is. He just immediately crawls under the train and goes straight to the bomb, which I know we're pressed for time, but that was very convenient that he just figured out where the bomb was immediately when no one knew where it was before. Just saying. That is the most reasonable thing that has happened this entire cartoon <laughs> he and then chen i need one more sound pull please because chuck norris starts fiddling with the bomb and i might point out he is no ballistics expert nuts. i trigger the detonator where's pepper he says on oh, nuts <laughs> i trigger Which- the detonator why is he the one going for the bomb if he has no idea how to turn off a bomb? Nothing. He has. He just looks at the bomb and the thing's like, I'm detonating. I don't give an F. Uh, okay. Now, this is this is an amazing moment. So they they have the laser robot in the airplane, which they now fly next to the train. And with targeted precision while moving, it lasers the metal around where the bomb is. So Chuck Norris could pull it off, jump onto the wing of the airplane. They can fly then over the ocean, and then he can throw the bomb into the ocean. In point of fact, it actually explodes in the air. So whatever happened, uh, they were close enough that they could have uh, uh, taken damage or indeed even blown themselves up. Oh, Uh, the dream. Although they did not, and they return with Chuck Norris on the motherfucking wing still on the wing because he's chuck mother effing norris and that's what he does (laughs) and then that's the end of the cartoon part we cut back to chuck norris who says i don't like violence i always try to walk away from a fight and i'm like chuck to what gina said earlier i'm pretty sure you don't i've seen lots of proof in this episode that's actually your go-to move is violence (sighs) <sighs> this guys is, i love this, this show exhausting i loved this show you guys i don't know what your guys problem is this spoke to me on a wavelength that i have not felt in a while i'm gonna be honest i saw this title and i i have kept it on the list for a while because i thought like well there's no way this thing is gonna be it isn't going to be the worst i should save it for like a special guest or something like that and then today I was just like, you know what? It's been long enough. Let's just let's just dive in and see what happens. And it was as bad as Ugh. anything that has ever been animated in the history <laughs> of American television. This is outrageous. <laughs> you got you got fights. You got Chuck Norris. We didn't even talk about his weapon. This weird V-shaped. Rev- I, I can't even like it changes. Ama- it change his his, yeah. re- his weird weapons change throughout the thing, and none of them make any sense. I hate everything about it, and I feel like you're only saying you like it because you didn't want to have a consensus with the three of us. How can, can we- you hate? How can you hate 
uh, uh, Ghoulie. What was it? Go- groovy ghoulies. freaking ghoulies. Yeah, <laughs> not a fan. Groovy ghoulies and like this. If they jumped out of an airplane with no parachute to jump on people with parachutes and then choked them out in midair, I would have loved Groovy Ghoulies. Uh, they, well, so I, at some point, someone got thrown out a window and they had fantastic puns. So, no, I don't need puns. Don't need puns in my episodes. I need, I need Chuck Norris and a sumo guy who uses symbols from an orchestra as a deadly weapon. They weren't even symbols, they were just symbol shaped. I, that's, well, what else are symbols? They're going to do the same thing. If it's metal and circular, you, they're symbols, Gina. They don't have to have extra properties. You can make symbols out of trash cans. Uh. Also, I have not once mentioned the white people using Asian accents, and I'm not going to, but just <laughs> no. Just know it's there. Just no. And that's our show, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We had a lot of fun. I had a blast this episode. Chuck Norris's Karate Commandos. Chan, are we going to do a side project? The Chuck Norris's Karate Commandos podcast. Five episodes long. Each episode that we record, five hours an episode. We break down every single nuance of the Chuck Norris Karate Commandos television show. What do you think? Here's the thing. Uh, if our Patreon gets up to $10,000 a month, yes, <laughs> I will commit to doing that project. $10,000 a month. Five, uh, five hour each episode, and we have to do a shot every hour. So by the time we get to the last hour, it's a mess. What Wait, so it's five shots total? Yeah, that's that's a lot, right? Okay, yeah, that's it's a lot and doable, which is, I feel like, what you want. Yeah, you, we still have to be able to finish the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the show just was just barfing on the mic, and then it just rolls for another three hours because we're all passed out. No, I, that's I, not good radio. I end all my quarantine shows by barfing on the mic, by the way. Honestly, I feel like that's what the writers did with this show. <laughs> it's like they got two hours into their uh, all-nighter. They just barfed and fell down and woke up in the morning. Like, oh, God, I, I, don't, I don't know. Just it's, put, hand it in. Hand it in. <laughs> And the director was like, "That's eh, just fine." Chuck, won't I'll take it shit. one one step for, further. I'll say the most commonly used phrase in the writers' room for this show: "Who gives a fuck?" <laughs> They're children. <laughs> Kids are dumb. And I love this show. So, what does that say about um, me? You're the Lenny of the group. Yeah, I'm not looking at flowers, Gina. Not I mean, looking at them. Here's the thing. At least you're not a pedophile. So you've got got that that going for me. (laughs) Guys, they're going to put that on my tombstone. (laughs) At least he lies. At least he wasn't a pedophile. (laughs) Because the nicest thing we could say about him. You would have stupid. He was just a big dummy. How dare you? Oh, my Lord. All right, guys. So that's the end of our episode. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We actually had two new sponsors on Patreon. In the last couple of weeks, we had uh, uh, Jay Tory thirteen. Uh, thank you, Jason. I appreciate you joining the show. I and we have Amy. You, I swear to God, I thought you had started uh, giving the ages of the patrons, and you were like, "No, thanks to thirteen-year-old Jay Tory." I was like, "Why are you saying that?" No, right? why is nope. this information necessary? Nope. 
Uh, and then uh, Amy B, who uh, I do know Jay Tory IRL. I don't know Amy B, I don't think. Uh, but I'm really happy that you're a part of the, the show. And thank you so much for that. And I hope you're enjoying the episodes. Defenders of the Earth, free Patreon. Free Patreon. That's not how it works. A Patreon exclusive episode. <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to go in the super secret bonus vault where there's like, I don't know, at this point, 400 shows or something. It's silly uh, of this show. We've done a lot of this show, guys. And you can hear all of it on the Patreon vault for five bucks a month. You can go to patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. And you can also join. And uh, there's different tiers and stuff you can do. But oh, five bucks a month. Uh, you can get every episode of the show we've ever done. And I think that's pretty exciting if you like what we do and you'd like to help support the show and be a part of it. And we try to put uh, free episodes. I said it again. I don't know why. We try to put bonus episodes in the vault so that way you guys have something a little extra that you unpaid heathens don't get access to. So there it is. Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. It's good service. It allowed us to buy good microphones to record in quarantine. Thank you for that. Uh, hey, you guys got anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Uh, I just noticed we got a uh, a new review on iTunes. Ooh. Did we? Yeah, I didn't even know. Like a month ago. It's uh, uh, from someone who uh, gave us five stars and just said, I typed, I, I just typed in some random letters. You know what that is, Chan? And I can actually answer that because that was the, it's the same review. We actually read that guy's review. Uh, like a couple months ago on the show and it was this really weird review and then he changed his review to just say I was just typing random letters <laughs> <laughs> this checks out I think he's talking about his name which is uh, we made fun of but it, can you try to pronounce that name again Chan for the um... okay yeah I do remember this uh, <laughs> yeah so uh, thank you very much for the great review. If you guys want to leave us five stars uh, on iTunes, we, we could use it. <laughs> we could use some more good reviews and we'll read your nice reviews on the air. We're not afraid to. Oh, we'll obviously, s- we'll, write the, we'll read the bad ones, too, especially the bad ones. <laughs> Chan wants bad. I don't want bad ones. I want good ones because I think I think we put on a fine program and I believe that people would enjoy it and should give us great reviews. There's still only one one star review and I'm very yeah, who disappointed left that, in all of you. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did, and no one's following one, my lead. Nobody ever accuses Chan of not self-sabotaging. Mm-mm. Puts one star review on his own show when it gets started. Good job, Chan. <laughs> I want five star reviews, but only about how awesome I am. Correct. And I want five star reviews that also only talk about how great Gina is, because you don't need to talk about me. I talk about me enough. <laughs> and Chan wants you to give one star reviews, but please don't do that. That's terrible. <laughs> Uh, Chan, uh, you got a new uh, uh, switch to your podcast. You want to talk about that for your wrestling show? Oh, yeah. And it's now called AE Double Back. It used to be a podcast about WWE Raw. And you know what? Fuck those people. (laughs) There it is. I I will not go so far as to say that because uh, I'm a trained professional wrestler. But I I will say, Chan, good on you for doing the right thing in a difficult time. Yeah. Oh, no. To be clear, the wrestlers are wonderful people. And uh, most of the people at work there are wonderful people. Uh, uh, the McMahons can go to hell. Mm-hmm. There it mm-hmm. is. Agreed. There it is. Gina, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, I've been playing a lot of Animal Crossing lately. I've got I've got a good looking island uh, pretty pr- underway. It's taken me a long time. Uh, what's your so- favorite Trader Joe's sauce currently? Oh, man, I got so many Trader Joe's sauces. <laughs> what is happening? 
The green dragon, uh, uh, green salsa yeah. sauce yeah. is is solid. Green dragon sauce is a, is a winner at this house too. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's 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 the right level of spice that you can add it for flavor and still like just drench things in it and not not regret it. Never let it be said that this cartoon podcast doesn't also give you helpful life advice. <laughs> Well, since we're talking about total non sequiturs, I'm going to take a moment and plug a video game called After Party. Uh, After Party is great. It's from the makers of Oxenfree, and it's about a five-hour experience where you play two friends who find themselves waking up in the afterlife of hell, and they go around trying to beat the devil in a drinking contest and have uh, a weird adventures through that. And it's a lot of walking around and talking uh, without a lot of action. It's a lot of just make choices and have talking, and it's really, really funny. And has a great sense of humor and a great art style. So it's free on Xbox Game pa- Ultimate Game Pass right now, or you can buy it for like twenty bucks. After Party, Go, I'm not even. I didn't even work on this game. I just think it's great. And we're talking about random shit. So that's my <laughs> plug. After Party, uh, you can go ahead up all the links. You can go to Facebook.com/slash Knowing Is Half the Podcast. I already talked about the Patreon. You can also check us out on Twitter at GI Joe Podcast or even at Prez Serpentor with a Z. Uh, if you don't know what that is by now, you just go check it out. It's hilarious. Uh, otherwise, you can check us out individually. I'm at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And we have done Chuck Norris's Karate Commandos. Or has Chuck Norris Karate Commandos done us? Oh, that's why I'm sore. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no. You're the new too much. Enjoy that. That's, that's too much. Good night, everybody. Chuck Norris with his team, Pepper. It's too dangerous, Chuck. What? Too much. Too much. Kimo, the Samurai Warrior. Reed, Chuck's Teenage Apprentice. Tabe, the Sumo Champion. With Chuck Norris, they battle the sinister forces of the Claw. Remember this. And the ruthless Super Ninja. I'll finish Norris! Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, Give it up, Jimmy. You gotta sink this putt to win. Or, I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, working actors, comedians, writers, stunt people, you get it, and we do it all over breakfast, or should I say, breakfast. Every week is a new episode of Breakfast, and here's what you get. Inside Hollywood info, like, how cool is it to act with Ed O'Neill? Spoiler alert, it's really cool. And what the heck is a gaffer? You get great breakfast wrecks and foodie debates like, when should you go hash browns and when do you go home fries? I know the answer to that. Trust me, my pancake posse, my bacon brigade. Listen up, because breakfast is the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in, it's breakfast time. Breakfast with Brent Pope, available at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Oh,